welcome to Novel Finds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. I'm Julia, and today we have an awesome author chat with none other than Rachel Harrison, the author of Such Sharp Teeth and other fun, spooky books. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, Your book just came out recently. How has that all been? This is your third one. Is it like having a third child? When Cackle came out, I was like, okay, I'm the second out of three. So I was like, the second is better. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But now that the third one came out, I can't say that the third one's better because that would be my younger sister's better. (laughs) Um, I kind of thought it would get easier. And it, it, it doesn't. <laughs> um, this book is just very special to me. So it, it it's a little nerve wracking to just like Aww. release your heart into the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that. Could you um, give us a synopsis of your, your book? Sure. So Such Sharp Teeth is about Roy Morris, who is a successful, fiercely independent woman in her late 20s, who returns to her hometown to be with her twin sister, Scarlett who is pregnant and recently estranged from her longtime partner. And after about a week of being home, Rory runs into Ian, an old friend who always had a crush on her. Um, And after leaving that interaction, she then runs into an animal with her car. And when she gets out to investigate, she's attacked by this mysterious creature and soon uh, Rory begins to undergo a transformation. Mm-hmm. And it's a werewolf book. So it's not yeah. spoiler yeah. to say that the creature is a werewolf and she turns into a werewolf. Right. The cover of the book has a werewolf on it. So you yeah, kind and of it know says where you're going a werewolf it. novel. So I'm not yeah. going to be cheeky about the creature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I honestly, like, just the whole interaction with the werewolf in the beginning was insane it was so intense i was like what's gonna happen because i was like i mean it was eating her and then got distracted and but before like obviously there's no indication that it's gonna stop eating her and so i was like how is this gonna work if she's just like if she dies is it gonna be like a ghost werewolf (laughs) (laughs) oh but it was so so good what drew you to werewolves for this this novel? So I think specifically I wanted to write about lady werewolves. I was thinking okay. about um, just all of the parallels between lycanthropy and femininity. And there seemed mm-hmm. so many connections and so much to explore there that mm-hmm. I wanted to write like a contemporary lady werewolf book. And I was surprised that there wasn't more just because there are so many parallels. But I, that's what I really wanted to explore, not just werewolves, but um, a female werewolf. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting because, like, just looking back into media, there aren't, like, Twilight has a couple of female werewolves, but not entirely. And um, I think The Vampire Diaries also has, like, a couple female werewolves. It's the. It's not like their story. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're told from their perspective about that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I think to me, Ginger Snaps, the movie Ginger Snaps, is the most successful female werewolf story that really in pop culture that really explores femininity and lycanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about puberty, 
And so I wanted something Um, more adult. Yeah. Something that fits. Well, that and like the parallel between her transformations and her sister, like being pregnant and also going through her own transformation. I assume that was intentional. Yeah. And I think in any, like, I wanted to explore, like get into the body horror of it all and the Mm -hmm. lack of control. And um, I think what's so scary to me about existing in a body is that only you know how it feels to be in your body and no one else can feel what you feel or experience what you experience. And you can try to relate to people, but they might not get it. And it's really Mm -hmm. frustrating and isolating. And I kind of wanted to touch on that. And I think, you know, Rory and Scarlett are identical twins. So as close as they can be to being in the same body, but they're both undergoing major transformations, but it's something different. And Mm -hmm. I think they both want empathy, but they don't know how to give it or receive it. And that was something I wanted to to dig into in this book. Um, Cause I think that's just a fundamental part of the human experience that we really don't get to talk about or explore that often. Definitely. And I mean, even the relationship with their mom kind of like gave more information on maybe why they aren't able to have the empathy or like show the empathy that they're trying to show. And their mom's also going, going through her own sort of transformation. I know they didn't really go into it all that much, but it was mentioned. I was like, oh man. Yeah. (laughs) That was intentional. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, of course. It was, I mean, it was really cool. I was just like, oh, three different transformations, same family. What a cool concept. I was really hoping it was intentional because I was like, is this one of those English class situations where I'm just pulling from? (laughs) (laughs) I've been there though. We were like, yeah, the meaning. It's like, (laughs) It it might not be there, <laughs> but it totally was there. Yeah, it was it, in this case totally there. Yeah, yeah, totally there. Um, do you have a favorite line or section of such sharp teeth that you'd like to share? So I think the line to me that sticks out the most is, um, it's after Rory's bitten and she undergoes her first transformation and she's kind of reckoning with the fact that she is now a werewolf, mm-hmm. and she says, "My eyes close and it's here." the transcendent knowledge that nothing can touch me, that I'm not in danger because I am danger. And that was interesting to me to touch on because as somebody who kind of feels powerless um, or not, you know, super strong or intimidating myself personally to explore this character who's like stepping into this notion of power and that she has power and that she is dangerous and she's, you know, a monster. She has like superhuman strength. And very sharp teeth. That was really <laughs> yes. interesting to me and kind of fun to to step into that notion of power. Yeah, like suddenly you are invincible. What do you do with it? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the, you know, the flip side of because there's a lot of not so glamorous parts about being a werewolf, but yes. um, you know, this thing that happened to her and, and finding the power in like essentially a crappy situation. <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. I really liked what you did with the silver aspect of werewolves and just like the lore that comes with werewolves. I thought that was really neat and just like pulling all of the different things together. Yeah, that was kind of more like function. Like I had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was more like functional than me at the beginning being like, what if I turn it on its head? Um, so that was kind of a happy accident in writing and exploring. And also I kind of wanted to honor our intuition because I feel like a lot of times we kind of know what's best for us and for ourselves when you know, other people might not, um, Mm -hmm. or just having, thinking about, you know, 
our medical system here in the States and how messed up it is and yeah. uh, how often you go to a doctor and they don't believe you or you feel not heard mm. or you're getting information online or, you know, through secondhand sources and the idea that like we know what's best for ourselves and sometimes it's the outside world that complicates us treating ourselves and healing ourselves was something mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on um, once I was like, I have to figure out <laughs> this silver thing. <laughs> How can I do it in a way that's fun and interesting? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really interesting, especially since like it kind of didn't work the first time she tried it, but then it did the second time. And just that was, I thought that was so cool. So do you have a favorite character? And is that character the one you relate to the most? So I... This book was really fun, and I sincerely love all of the characters in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, I would live in this world. Like, as soon as I finished it, I was like, I want to write a sequel. I don't want to leave them yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I miss them. I think Mia really surprised me, and I found her really fun and enigmatic. And I really mm-hmm. loved writing her, and she was just very interesting. And I, I would consider revisiting that character in the future. I don't know if I, like, really relate to her the most. I'm, I'm, I relate a lot to Rory. Scarlet, Ash, even Ian too. Like I kind of relate to all of them, but there's something very compelling about Mia in my mind. Mm-hmm. That um, I'm for for everything I've written so far, I would only consider coming back to this world because I think there's a lot of. I just love all the characters. There's, I mean, there's so much potential. You leave the book and they're like, they're at the beginnings of things. Like you think it's the beginning at the beginning of the book, but it's actually just leading up to the beginning of something even bigger. So it's just like, I would, I would read a sequel, (laughs) just throwing that out there. Um, But yeah, all of the characters were so interesting. I loved picturing Ian. He's so attractive. I was like, oh my gosh, she's just naming off every sort of attractive trait. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you go back and listen to podcast episodes of Novel Finds, Maggie and I talk about how much we love just tall, dark-haired men. <laughs> and the fact that Ian is just so sweet and has glasses and wears flannels. I'm just like, oh, great. Perfect. He's he's perfect. Yeah. he's And he's kind of the, like, ideal hometown yeah 100 percent. yeah very chill but i think (laughs) what's what's so sweet about him is that he's like always had a thing for her and it's just like um it's endured for so long i think that's what's like oh yeah (laughs) it's it's so sweet yeah i like their relationship a lot it's very it's very fantasy (laughs) if there's a sequel they're gonna have to have some challenges because oh my gosh more than where yeah. <laughs> but then you don't want to go through that sort of thing you just want him to live happily ever after yeah they're good she's quipping and he's serving her <laughs> bacon and they're fine yeah. <laughs> so what started your process for the book like what came first to you in terms of of this whole like third third novel so i definitely i had the idea for like I want to write a contemporary female werewolf book and mm-hmm. explore femininity through lycanthropy. That was kind of the the concept came first. And then for me, I think with every book, I'll like come up with a cool concept, but I need to have like the right protagonist and find the right voice. I write in first person. And so it's kind of like, who's the right character? And mm-hmm. um, can I get into that character? Can I find that voice that's really compelling and interesting that's going to carry this concept throughout a whole novel? 
And so it was werewolf first and then Rory second. And then once I like stepped into Rory, I was like, oh yeah, this is working. This is great. Can you take me through a day in the life when you were writing Such Sharp Teeth? So I wrote Such Sharp Teeth in fall of 2020. So we're really going out. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I would wake up like probably around 6 a.m. I'm sharper in the morning. And so I'd, and because it was fall, I'd make myself coffee with my pumpkin spice creamer. Um, Love that. Oh my gosh. We are pumpkin spice positive here. And I would just like this, this draft was really easy and fun to write. And I would just write all morning, take a break, maybe go for a walk, eat some lunch and then write all afternoon. And then weekends take little breaks, but it was very basic and very, very pleasant and fun experience. So yeah. It's not always that easy when dry, drum drafting. So I remember it fondly. Yeah. And how is it compared to your other two books? So with The Return and Cackle, it was kind of similar, except I would have to get up at like 4.30 because I was working then. Oh my um, gosh. That's so early. So, do you see my cat in the background? <laughs> I saw your cat hop up into your lab. I was like, oh, cat. It's just causing absolute chaos. Um <laughs> Sorry to That's okay. Um, so with Cackle and the Return, I had to get up early because I was still working um, a nine to five at that time. Mm-hmm. And so this was pre-pandemic. And so much in the same, I would sit down and write, but I only had like an hour or so to write before I had to leave for work. And then sometimes I'd come home from work and write some more. But with such sharp teeth, it was fun because if I got on a roll, I didn't have to leave and go to work. Like I could sit mm-hmm. there and just like stay until I was finished. And so that was really exciting. And I think that's part of the reason why it was so fun because um, I could really sit in it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were plotting, it was it like once you figured out where you wanted to go with it, you you went along for the journey or did you know specific points that you were going to hit? I think I had a vague idea of where I wanted to go, but I'm very bad at outlining. <laughs> I don't like, I like the freedom of kind of feeling mm-hmm. it out and being intuitive, which gets me in trouble sometimes because I will, you know, I'm with that attitude. Sometimes I can get halfway through a draft and be like, this is not going anywhere and then have to abandon it. So um, in that way, I kind of wish I was an outliner, but uh, I'm not great at having those specific plot points. I like to be like, kind of feel it out as I'm yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. Go with the flow. See what happens. Let it speak to you. Um, But speaking of letting things speak to you, uh, I saw on your Instagram that you read tarot cards, which is so cool because I do too. Would you mind talking about your tarot journey? So I went to college in Boston. And so like on the weekends or a day off classes, my friends and I would always go to Salem. We'd take the train to Salem um, and run around and get our tarot cards read and And one time we were there, I was there with one of my friends on like a very rainy day in the fall. And on the train back, we were like, why don't we get tarot? Like we could read tarot. Like we're interested in it. Why don't we do it ourselves? And Mm -hmm. so we got back to Boston and we went to the borders, which no longer exists, on between Boylston and I think Newbury Street and bought tarot decks. And I just got like the writer weight deck. And yeah, I stuck with it. I read about it. I still read them not as often as I think I used to, but it's very calming for me to come back to it. And mm-hmm. I just, I really love it. But yeah, that's what it came from, a college delinquent and running away to Salem <laughs> to be witchy. That's amazing. So is the Rider Weight deck your favorite deck? Do you have multiple ones or or what 
what do you use primarily? That's the one I use. I'm like, I feel very loyal to it. Like it's mine. Mm-hmm. Like I have a, like an emotional yeah. attachment to it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I have um, the Wild Unknown tarot mm-hmm. deck. My aunt gave me a Rider Waite. Um, she's the one that taught me how to read tarot. So like a really long time ago, we were at like this family reunion and all of my cousins were sitting at a picnic table with her and she's teaching us how to read tarot. And I'm the only one that I think kept it up. <laughs> the The Wild Unknown, how, do you know that? I can um, kind of picture yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Kim Kranz, she does all of the artwork for it. And it's like watercolory, but also pen and ink. It's so pretty and vibrant. If you like see any pictures, it's so cool. Do you have a favorite card or a card that pops up a lot in your deck? So I think my favorites are probably the world and wheel of fortune. Those are the ones I think that speak to me the most. And if I draw them, mm-hmm. I feel like I pay attention. Something's happening. Um, so I think those are mine. What about you? I really like three of wands and okay. and I think wands is in, yeah. in Rider Waite. I don't remember if it's sticks they or wands. They look like sticks, but I think they, they call look, them yeah. wands. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like that one and also Wheel of Fortune. That's a good, it's just, good card. Yeah, they're so great. It's like, it's just saying, hey, all these things are going to come to you as long as you like stay open to it. It's so cool. Yeah. And it's a beautiful card too. Yeah. I have a necklace. I have a tarot necklace that has the Wheel of Fortune stamped on it. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's so cool. Have you ever read for like, do your friends or family members come up to you? They're like, hey, Rachel, can you read for me? My friends will, yeah. 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 But now I live far from them, so it's harder for them. You could do like Zoom right. Tarot, but it's not yeah. the same. It's not the same. You don't get the same vibe, at no. least like when talking to the other person. Yeah, and they can't pick their own cards. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for going on that tangent. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. I, um, <laughs> I do too. So I was like stalking through your Instagram, <laughs> like, oh my God, she reads tarot cards. We need to talk about this. Um, but back to books sort of. Do you have any authors that really inspire you? Gosh, I mean, I feel like there's so many, so many (laughs) that I would have to just like think about like at the present moment, which Mm -hmm. I'm reading This Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno. And it's just such a brilliant book. Like I'm dog-earing every single page because there's a line that I just like have to like set the book aside and just go... Like, I, you know, you're a book lover, you know, that feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Just, like completely blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, he's so talented that it's really like making me think about my craft and, and inspiring me to do better and try new things. Um, so at the moment it would have to be Gus Moreno. Oh my goodness. I love that. I hope you get to meet. Right? I did. Is he but- still alive? Yeah, I did. I met him at Story Fest, but I'm glad <gasps> that I didn't read the book first because I would have yeah. been like, <laughs> like, oh my God, you're so brilliant. And so it was like chill because like we met in passing and I, nice. did, I like didn't know okay. it. I can't, I can't keep my cool around anybody. And so if I'm like a huge fan of your work, forget it. Yeah, no, I can't either, to be honest. Like, I'm just kind of holding myself in right now. I've been talking about such sharp teeth to everyone. Oh. And so I'm just like, guys, I get to talk to the author of it today. <laughs> um, so it's it's very exciting and I totally get it. Um, do you do you have an all-time favorite book or does it change? Is it currently Gus's book? Is that your all-time favorite? <laughs> I haven't finished Gus's book yet, so it's going to be up there. Oh, okay. 
But another book that I really like recently read and was just like, oh my gosh, like I can feel it becoming like a top five favorite Mm -hmm. as I'm reading um, is The Pallbearers Club by Paul Tremblay. I love that book. Love that book. Um, And so that's like top shelf favorite for sure. You pull it out when you just want to have a cozy sort of. Yeah. It just, it's, it's very relatable to me. I think it's Mm -hmm. one of those books where it's like you're reading and you feel like this was written for me and it wasn't, but it's just like, that's what's so special. Um, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well, we are kind of reaching toward the end. Do you have any final thoughts about uh, anything? (laughs) It's weird when people ask you questions and your mind just goes completely blank. Yeah. No, this was so fun. And I'm so glad we got to talk about werewolves and tarot. I am too. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, tis the season for it. It is. Yes. But I'd like to remind <laughs> listeners, you can read spooky books all year. <laughs> and you should. And you yes. should. <laughs> and your other books are kind of spooky too. I haven't read them, but I read the summaries of them. So I would say... Cackle is very light in terms of tone. Like there's some creepy moments and there's some tension, but it's not like super scary. Mm-hmm. Um, the Return is probably my scariest book. And then Such Sharp Teeth kind of falls in the middle. So okay. Okay. if someone's looking for straight horror, I would go for The Return. If someone can't handle horror too much, I would start with Cackle and see how you feel. Um, so it's like a scale of scariness. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Are you working on your next is it would you consider your genre kind of like paranormal i consider myself a horror writer but i kind okay. of sit on the like speculative yeah. fiction i kind of sit on the the edge so i don't really fit neatly anywhere which yeah. is, can be challenging sometimes but um uh, my next book will hopefully be out next october is like a family drama horror book and i think it'll be mm. a little bit scarier so but still fun I just like yeah. to have fun when I'm writing and I want people to have fun while they're reading. So that's really my goal when I write. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, everyone that's listening, you should check out Such Sharp Teeth and or all of other all of the other books written by Rachel because she's lovely and oh. she has good writing. Um, <laughs> Rachel, where can people find you if they want to see more information? Um, so I'm on Instagram at Rachel Harrison's Ghost. I'm on Twitter at ReachFaceLogic, and um, my website is rachel-harrison.com. So come say hi. Excellent. Thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, we'll do it again. (laughs) Oh, please, yes. Well, we heckin' did it, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard and want to support the show, share it with your other bookish friends and family members. And if your podcast app has ratings, please take a minute to rate and review the show. I'm off to read the next book in Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events for my monthly Patreon series, A Summary of Unfortunate Events, which is a middle-of-the-pool dive into the series we all know and love. And if you'd like to hear it, subscribe to our Patreon by following the link in the Novel Finds bio on Instagram, which you should totally be following if you're not already. Thanks again for being a novel friend. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.